In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest friends. Which is us! All three of us. So today is Wednesday, and it begins three days of public mourning for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who will lie in repose at the Supreme Court until Friday, when she will become the first woman to lie in state at the U.S. Capitol. Me and Sammy did the show on Monday, and then we had an interview yesterday, so we haven't caught up with you guys yet. How is everyone doing? Well, (laughs) yeah... (laughs) Um, I honestly, I was saying this to Amanda right before, but I feel like I have had to just put a complete emotional wall up. Like I have not really like, I mean, I'm sad about it, obviously, but I, I don't know. I feel like I've put my, a barrier between myself and like the real emotion of it because I'm just so like, I'm so defeated by it. Yeah, whenever we're on, like, a t- I text Elise, like, a link or something, she always just replies, I'm so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's like a really woke, fiery tweet. She's like, it's just sad. Yeah, I I think I I feel really similarly. It was, it was the, my immediate thought, unfortunately, wasn't the ability to grieve because the first thing that you think about is, oh, fuck. We need to, like, that was the one last thing. And I think it was one of those things that, um, I mean, we knew it was a big deal and, and people have been pushing her to retire back in 2009 um, when we had um, closer to a supermajority in, in the Senate, um, which was only present for three months. I know a lot of people like to say, he had it for two years. He had it for three months three and important. he had to get health care for Important. Um, but but people were like, let Obama replace you. Um, but I think we all knew by the time um, Mitch McConnell had taken back the Senate in 2014 that Democrat, like she wasn't retired. Like we knew she wasn't retiring. So our job then was to get her a successor who would, you know, replace her properly. And now that was like the one thing between us and Armageddon. And now it's like, well, the Armageddon is starting. So yeah. time to to like saddle up. You know, or whatever. (laughs) I always, so I've heard a lot about like, oh, Ruth should have retired under Obama. I don't know. My feeling about it is like, yeah, I guess it would have been great if she had like come to terms with her own mortality on that timeline. Like that, if she had decided, like, I just feel like this woman did so much for us and then it's also like and also accept death in a time right. frame that will work <laughs> for us as well right and i'm right. just like i don't know i mean yes i wish 
I wish that it had gone that way so that we wouldn't be in the situation that we were in. But realistically, like, Republicans have had these designs on the court for a really long time. And I don't think they weren't going to let Obama put anyone else on the court. Mitch McConnell, as soon as once Mitch McConnell, as you said, was back, like, he made up the rule about election year appointments. Now that rule doesn't exist. He would have made up another rule then. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I read a piece by Rebecca Tracer that sort of summed this up as like, sure, maybe she should have. That's fine. We can like throw that in, but that doesn't have to, like that's not the story of her death. And also like Caitlin said, there was actually quite a small window when that was likely and Obama was using almost all of his political capital in that time anyway. Yes, to try to, try to get us health care that we might lose. That we might lose because she died and now. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that this really did highlight is the degree to which um, Democrats don't really think systemically, and I, I would like to say all the way down to voters. Like, uh, generally, yeah. I find myself being a weirdo, being like, hey, you know, the Republicans built an entire society designed to take over the courts is yeah. 50 years old. That went goes all the way back. If you want to talk about the, the structure that they've started to build, goes back to impeach Earl, Earl Warren signs. So when Earl Warren um, made the, the decision, and he was the one who not only made the decision, it wasn't just his court, but he actively lobbied for a 9 0 uh, a decision on Brown versus Board, knowing that if there's even one dissenter, the decision would be considered illegitimate. Yeah. So he went through a lot of work to make sure Brown versus Board of Education went through and went through the way it did. And uh, the backlash on that has driven the political reorganization of this court for uh, ba basically 60 years. And the fact that like, Republicans saw like that thing stopped us. Like mm. the, the fact that they absorbed a huge chunk of like white supremacists, just to be completely honest. Um, and then immediately started tooling themselves to establish that. Like we should have all been prepared to some degree to fight this and know that they were always going to change the rules in the middle. Like it, white yeah. supremacy doesn't care. Its job is to forward itself. It is not need. You're like, there are rules and this and that like Mitch McConnell's just showing us like there's no such thing as rules when power is your only obligation. Yeah. Yeah. So president Trump said earlier this week that he was going to name his pick to the court. Uh, he said he would wait until Saturday out of respect uh, for Ginsburg. But in that same interview, he questioned whether someone had made up that her dying wish was to be replaced by the next president. I also saw yesterday that Ted Cruz blocked a like Senate thing to honor her memory because it mm -hmm. included that detail. Mm -hmm. Biggest asshole in Congress this week. <laughs> what a dick. Um, I saw when his, before she died, when he was like on the short list for the court, it, he was like, I'm okay. And I was like, that's the only thing me and Ted Cruz have ever agreed on, that neither of us want you, Ted Cruz, on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I also wonder if he feels embarrassed seeing that Cindy McCain came out today and was like, hey, um, Donald Trump insulted my husband, so I'm not going to vote for him. And Ted Cruz still shills for Donald Trump every second, and uh, he called his wife ugly. So yeah, I just wonder. Never forget. Never forget. Uh, so all signs point to Judge Amy Coney Barrett. She's a 48-year-old who was one of the finalists for Brett Kavanaugh's seat. Me and Sammy talked a bit about her on Monday. Um, she's a constitutional originalist and part of a religious group called People of Praise that until 2018 called its female leaders handmaids. Um, 
if you read about this thing, <laughs> it's, it's like, so crazy. it's so insane. If you read about this group, it's like, it's Handmaid's Tale and Nexium and like all in by Teddy Mellencamp all together. <laughs> like you have accountability mm-hmm. coaches, you take a vow. It's wild. How do we feel about our girl, Amy? No. No. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. <laughs> Don't be sexist. Careful. <laughs> handmaid's stuff aside, they were talking about this on Pod Save America, and I kind of agree that it's just like, I don't even want to get into it about the specifics of this lady. Anybody he puts forward is unacceptable. Yeah. These rules were set by Mitch McConnell, and we are, like, anyone that he puts forward is invalid. They are unacceptable. And I honestly think, I know we're going to talk about court packing stuff later, I honestly think that the Democrats should come forward and say, we're going to impeach this person. Yes. Like, we... (laughs) Or we'll impeach Brett Kavanaugh, who lied under oath. Like, we're going to go to impeach some of these people. We don't need to limit ourselves here. (laughs) Let's get everything going. Clarence Thomas also uh, lied under oath. You have uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who lied under oath. Uh, Gorsuch has been involved in massive ethics issues where he participated in electoral fundraising at a Trump property Bloody hell. the case was moving through the courts about whether or not like that was it was just there's just so much here where you're yeah. like that is a massive ethical conflict of interest this is a math I mean Ginny Thomas maybe Amy's the only one who stays actively <laughs> lobbies are uh, just baffling that we just haven't had a conversation about that whereas like I'm sorry you're the significant others doing what <laughs> right you are adjudicating on things that she actively lobbied to put in front of me. Yeah. It boggles the mind. <laughs> I really love the idea of impeaching all the male ones, letting Amy stay, and then it's just <laughs> just the gals. <laughs> and we're just, every, so every, every decision is have like, to deal with her. crazy Amy. <laughs> exactly. Just the third leg. Yeah. My totally. other thing is I think that, well, first of all, I think we should pack the court, and I think we should pack the court with with troll people. I mean, I think we should put Obama on the troll court. people. I think we yeah. put I think we put Troll Obama, people. Michelle, Sasha, and Malia on the court. Yeah. All of them, <laughs> <laughs> the whole family. I don't even give a shit. Like they have, what the Republicans have done to our courts, as you said, for the past fifty years, is I mean they've made them the partisan nightmare that they are now. They've destroyed all of the credibility of the system and I think we play hardball with them in response. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So when Mitt Romney came out yesterday and disappointed some people, Caitlin, I actually thought of you when I saw this statement because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was, I couldn't even, as I was typing in this outline, are we surprised? I was like, how can I even put this in? <laughs> like, no, we're not surprised. <laughs> Mitch McConnell was never going to save us, was he? Or, no, he was never going to say us. Mitt Romney was never going to say I, I had this whole thing, and I, I just want to do really, really quick, yeah. which is that everyone continues to misunderstand basic game theory on politics, which is one, that Mitch McConnell knows where his caucus is at any given moment. He knows every member of his caucus, and he knows where they are. Number two, he also knows that here's the thing about Republican politics. You can't win without your base. The base is... Unfortunately, depending on where you are, 30 to 40 percent of the of of wherever you are, you know. So Mm -hmm. if you jettison them, you you're not going to win Democratic voters. They're not going to give you credit. They're just going to replace you with someone who's more steady that they know will do what they want. And on the other side, if you reject Republican politics, you are definitely fucked. So. There's no incentive to do the right thing. There's zero incentive. More than that, the higher leverage an individual vote becomes, the less likely a Republican will back out of that group. There's, mm-hmm. They're only protected mm-hmm. when they're inside the group. If, they're, if they wander off on their own, they're going to get like sniped. Like, Democrats don't care, nor should we at this point, care about whether or not Mitt Romney keeps his seat. That whatever. If he loses it, not our problem. If he, if people start throwing things at his house, that's unfortunate. Don't do that. That's violence. But like if people, you know, Mormons leave like small, beautifully packaged piles of dog poo on his step because that would, could be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. 
that's not our problem. We don't care whether or not he disappoints his voters. Yeah, that's definitely the most savage thing that Mormons do. Here's what I'll say. My high school had a large Mormon population, and they were actually extremely good pranksters because they had to think think outside the box because – most of the kids at my school, you know, they're just doing their usual swears, writing swear yeah. words on stuff. The Mormons actually had to be creative and very funny. And yeah. so... I look forward to, to seeing how that plays out. Well, it's not going to because I Mitt know. Romney did exactly <laughs> what you expected he would do, <laughs> which is... Stuff. And also, we all knew this, that this man doesn't... His, his spine is packed with jelly. Like, yeah. he's... To the degree he believes in anything, it is whatever is best for Mitt Romney. There's yeah, yeah. nothing, he has no sense of national, like, yeah. resp- he doesn't care about the country. Yeah, he, he just made it, got his way through a Black Lives Matter protest and then just collapsed into a puddle again. He also wants a conservative court. He wants Desperate this. for it. So yeah. he's like, he's part of the Republican establishment, which is, which, whose goal, as Caitlin said, for 50 years has been to change the courts. I think in part of his statement at one point, he's like, my colleagues across the aisle have gotten used to a liberal court. Yeah, it we actually have. Um, let's, let's play that clip. Yeah. I found that clip to be kind of like weirdly sinister too. I recognize that we, uh, uh, we may have a court which has more of a uh, conservative bent than it's had over the last uh, few decades. But my liberal friends have over many decades gotten very used to the idea of having a liberal court. And that's not written in the stars. Uh, and I know that a lot of people are saying, gosh, we don't want that change. I understand the energy associated with that perspective. But it's also appropriate for a nation, which is, if you will, center-right, uh, to have a court which reflects uh, center-right points of view, which, again, are not changing uh, the, the law from what it states, but instead following the law and following the Constitution. Wow, I have so many things to say. Number one, I just again, want to point out that when they're talking about this liberal court and the liberal decisions that have come out of it that have incensed them so much, they're literally talking about civil rights. They're like, they're like talking about Brown versus Board of Education. They're talking about desegregating schools. And I mean, obviously Roe as well, but all other civil rights related decisions that came out during that time, they're talking about that. And also our country isn't center right. Uh, if you look at actual opinion polls, our country is pretty, like, I mean, it's not like leftist, I guess, but it's definitely not center right. It's just our governments are because they government is like far right. Yeah, because they steal it. And as a result, we are able to like literally march in the streets and scream and do things to pull them to the center right. But that's not where the people of this country are. Yeah, no, I don't know where he where he got that from. It's not Utah, maybe. I guess so. Yeah, maybe in Utah. Utah, I would suspect that they're pretty center right. He talked. To I don't two know where the center neighbors. went, but <laughs> yeah, he's like on this block, everybody's center right. Right. He's like, I know a lesbian. <laughs> and I, I'd like to talk about how like center right is this insanely like violent reframing of this really, really extremely conservative, extremely reactionary politics. Where they're like, we're actually center right, like branding this extremism as like normal. I mean, let's be clear, like other people he is allied with have suggested that it's okay to shoot protesters. Like we are at a place now where where like the people he's hanging out with are openly advocating white supremacist violence. And he's like, 
that's center right. And I'm like, okay, if, if that's what conservatism means, and I continue, I remember like a few years ago, back when it was for, you know, Trump was first elected, people were like, he's not conservative. And I would have these arguments with conservatives in my lives who were not incredibly um, horrible to talk to all the time. And they would be like, no, no, you don't understand. He's not like us. And I was like, no, you are not like them. You need yes. to understand that you are the you are the aberration. You are not the center of your party. The center of your party are the people who want who like deface Jewish cemeteries. Like yeah. those yeah. are the people who are sitting at the core of your party now. QAnon and people are, are getting elected by this party. Like Steve Scalise, who said he was David Duke without the baggage, is the majority whip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. Right. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like trying to. This is who it's they crazy. Are. Like, I'm just here being like, <laughs> there's no way to create any separation. This is who all of them are. If you are acknowledging that you want that when, when you brand it center right, what you are doing is like performing a kind of philosophical laundering. You know, like this is, this is effectively the same thing. It's like, it's message laundering. They're, mm-hmm. they're suggesting that genocide, because that's a thing that came up recently. I'm surprised that Mitt Romney, of all people, would not mention genocide as, as a major thing, which is happening right now with the, the forced hysterectomies. Yeah. The fact that that just disappeared out of our news cycle when that is like the one of the top indicators that you are in the uh-huh. midst of a horrific crime against humanity. Uh and and then he's just like, yeah, let let that guy nominate someone to the court for life. <laughs> like, right. he got impeached earlier this year. Like, there's like 80 different arguments for why Donald Trump is not the person to nominate anybody. Those arguments take us, I think, to the idea of court packing, which I think we should only refer to as court balancing. Yes. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Balancing the court. Um, So Lindsey Graham is looking to hold hearings the week of October 12th, which would mean that that would basically bring this to a vote at around Halloween, which means they could not, they could confirm. Yeah, girl, they could confirm (laughs) somebody. (laughs) Very, very spooky. I'm dead. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) They, That means they would confirm somebody literally within days before the November 3rd election where they're all polling behind. We don't know what's going to happen. but So if Republicans were to take this action, I think we're all in agreement that Democrats would have no choice but to restore the ideological balance of the court, of the three branches of government. This would involve something called court packing, which basically just involves like just how a lot of these senators have said the president has the right to do this. Like That's their main justification. They don't even touch that it's like... It's odd or unprecedented. They're like, I don't know. He's got the right to do it. Well, the Senate has the right to pass laws saying that the court can be bigger um, because otherwise we're looking at a three to six majority for, you know, 50 years. Yeah, because Trump is also Amy Coney Barrett, we should note, is 48 years old. She's young. Brett Kavanaugh is young. His name is Brett. Like, he's a young man. (laughs) It's not... He's gonna be around for a while. Yeah, not a lot of Bretts like served in World War Two. No. Yeah, there is no, Thomas his is wife's still name is Ashley. Brett and Ashley. No, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> you think about it, like Clarence Thomas is still relatively young too. This, yeah. these are these are people who are still gonna be around, and like it, it's it's really again the systemic view of Republicans 
and their solidarity politics is kind of how democratic politics in theory should work, where you have a sense of solidarity and you believe in the end goal more than you believe in your individual like value. Like Mitt Romney knows that, you know, people will be disappointed in him, but they're not, it's not going to change their vote. And yeah, you know, and he's willing to like take the, the hit because, you know, there's no downside. And that's the, the thing is like, there's no downside to any of this. And the Democrats have spent all their time being like, oh, we'll get punished by voters. And the answer is no. You'll Right now, that fundraising push that happened in the hours that broke every record, that's mm-hmm. people who want you to get into this yes. ring and start punching people in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That we want you to be like, oh, well, norms matter. You right. know what? Norms didn't fucking matter for a real long time. They're coming for us. They've been coming at us for a very long time. Many of us have been living this last four years terrified. Thousands of people are dead. Thousands. Yeah. Okay. The, the president is probably criminally liable yeah. <laughs> in any other situation. If he were the head of a, a company rather than the country, he would be criminally liable for what has just happened to us. Yeah. What's ongoing? People, a thousand people are still dying every day. Like, it just baffles me that Democrats are like, but we should try to be honorable. Like, fuck honor. Just fuck them up. We have majorities. Destroy these motherfuckers. Destroy all of their legacy. Destroy everything that they want. And then after they've been cowed, we're not using violence. This is our system. We're a majority government. This weird thing where like 30% of the population gets to rule over all of us forever because we just won't want to be mean to them. Right. Fuck that shit. 100%. I think all of these questions, like, is it honorable for us to go in and pack the court? Is it ethical for us to go in and pack the court? I think the only honorable or ethical thing to do at this moment is to protect the rights of marginalized people and of all fucking people in this country. True. That is the only thing that we need to be focused on. And it's at least constitutional, which is more than the other side can say for half the fucking shit that they do. So. Right. Right. Also, I mean, Elise sent me an article today that, that noted some of the times where they already have done this. Like what Mitch McConnell has already done is, is less precedented than something like altering how many justices are on the court. Like in one instance, they did it in 1963. Uh, they added a tenth justice to dilute the influence of Southerners on the court. That seems like it was probably a good idea at the time, but the, yes. maybe the center right didn't agree. You know, like the center right is these people that you see in videos in the 70s being like, well, I don't want my kid to go to that school. Those people describe themselves as center right. Yeah. Then again, it's all ideological laundering. The entire thing, like, and one of the things that's like really, we don't interrogate our history enough. It tends to be this really surface level thing. But I just said in 1863, Southerners had actually spent the previous 20 years packing the court effectively using every mechanism, including their disproportionate representation in the Senate to outweigh. I mean, when you think about it, like let's talk about the civil war and people are like, it was half and half. It was not half and half. Okay. There were 6 million white Southerners and 3 million enslaved people versus 21 million free people. (laughs) The the numbers are just stupid. Like you were outnumbered. (laughs) Three to one, you it was just dumb. It was, yeah, and then yeah. the black people were like, Now nah, we're gonna go. You yeah. see massive streams of black people, enslaved black people, decide that they are going to run for liberation. 
Even though yeah. we have this nonsense about happy slavery, like if that's the case, then why are hundreds of thousands of people as soon as the Declar uh, Emancipation Proclamation comes out in January, which they understood the difference between the announcement in September and the opening in January, just to be clear that we are completely human and capable of logical reasoning. Yeah. We understood when it's going to take effect and then ran for union lines, knowing that as soon as you're considered contraband of war, you just uh, are free to do what you want. The, we had this argument and yeah. we won it and then we didn't finish it. And now we continue having this argument over and over again. Are all people equal? Yes, we are. Let's stop arguing about this. Let's build systems that respect the equality of all of our people because they're not going to do it. And yeah. sixth majority is not going to care about human equality. Mm -mm. Right, even down to the Electoral College. I mean, we posted like a, an explainer on the Electoral College yesterday. And obviously, I don't know why I care, but some of the comments, you know, you get the typical ones that are like, but, but it's so everybody, it's, it's the shit. It's what people say. So everybody's represented and people in densely populated areas don't have more representation than people not. I'm like, do you hear yourself? People you in are, densely populated areas should have more representation because there are more there people are more there. There are more of us. And, and you know who's like not as much in densely populated areas? Non-white people. So you're literally saying that, your vote should count for more and your opinion should count for more. And Caitlin, as you said, this has been going on forever and it's always been the unpopular opinion. And I don't know why we keep like capitulating. I've heard a lot of like, I've heard a lot of phrased as like, what are the consequences or the repercussions of like packing the court? And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of it as like, you don't not take life-saving medication because it has side effects. Like mm -hmm. you got to take it and then you deal with it. And what are the repercussions of not 50 years? Of a conservative court, the loss of Roe v. Wade, the loss of the ACA, maybe the loss of Obergefell. Like, what What are we... I, the thing is, is that, like, I started as soon as, like, Trump... I, I knew Trump was going to win the primary, and I remember having this discussion with this um, conservative that I only knew in passing, and he was like, I can't believe... Like, this isn't going to happen. And this was before South Carolina or whatever, and I was like, he's going to go into South Carolina, he's going to clean up, and then he's going to take the entire South... And then no one, there's just, he's going to be impossible to stop. Like you, you guys don't have an identity for your party outside of hating liberals. And that is the entire rationale right now for what they do. Mm -hmm. It's all about the subjugation of whom they see as inferior people. And the thing is, is that the, the notion that you're like, well, I know I'm not inferior. Well, yeah, that's true. But like our government is no longer reflecting that. Our government is not about us as human beings trying to build a better union. This is all about people who are trying to take over and to, to subjugate people who they think aren't worth it. And if we, we can either agree to concede over and over again, which is again, always been my problem with like, I worry about Joe Biden, who does not like breaking norms, who's talking about how he can get along with Mitch McConnell. That was just said like literally hours before. No. He had a quote about how he was like, we can, he was at the town hall, right? And he was like, I still think that there are like six to eight Republicans we can work with. And I was there being like, you six are, on, are you on something? We couldn't just get what four. We don't have four. Where, no. which six to eight? We don't have one. You're going to work with Tommy Tuberville? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. As soon as you know that someone allies with a certain thing, like I just immediately wrote a whole bunch of people off. I just wrote a whole bunch. I was like, the moment you agree to even work with someone like this, that that is corrupting in, in and of itself. We should not even be having the discussion about whether or not they have a right to confirm. That person is very obviously illegitimate. Let's not, not even talking about the fact that the president was impeached. 
this year, this yeah. year for obvious crimes and exonerated by a Senate that had a political stake in keeping him in office rather than actually looking at evidence. We, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't yep. know. He's murdered 200,000 people. Like I, I'm here just trying to figure out like what rationale do we have to think that any of these people are decent yeah. Or going to do anything right? Like, where is this coming from? Yeah, we really not are at about the working point. with us. They're not oh sitting my God, up at no. night saying, <laughs> "Oh God, how are we going to work with them to make this country better?" Like, yeah, they're, they're not, not losing there. any sleep over that. <laughs> Donald Trump's not saying maybe six to eight. Yeah, every time a Democrat gets elected, it's always like, "Oh, which Republican are you going to point to something?" Yeah, fuck you. They never appoint us no. to anything. We're never like, oh, which Democrat? How are you going to show that you're across the aisle? Never expected. Why are we expected to do all this work? It's just emotionally abusive. I, I feel like we're, like we're all oh, in a massive abusive relationship. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, let him buy like a Lambo with your money, babe. Yeah. <laughs> this. Really <laughs> sorry. It doesn't work. What's happening it's here? Great. It's so irrational. It's <laughs> embarrassing. <sighs> Is there anything making us feel hopeful or good that we should end on? We still have elections. We do still have elections. Yeah. And so is there actually, let's end on this. Is there any, um, any way that Democrats can stall this, let's say before the election? The only thing from a political standpoint that can be done is to say, you break this norm, we break the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that. If you leverage this and you say, this is what the election is going to be about. The election is going to be whether or not people think this is legitimate. This mm-hmm. is going to be about whether or not people think representative government is for people or for the Republican Party and their donors. You know, you have to lay the stakes out really clear and just be like, if you elect Democrats, we will fix this shit. Mm-hmm. People will stop dying of COVID. Like, we're going to put together stuff to make sure that people are okay. We're yeah. going to make a government that represents you. And we're going to make our court representative of national opinion, which means that, you know, Democrats are going to throw like some moderates in there, but we got to throw our firebrands in there too. You know, toss Merrick Garland on that court, impeach Mm -hmm. the the ethically compromised ones. We should Mm -hmm. do that and pack the courts. Let's not settle. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's perfect. I actually, we were talking to somebody yesterday who's going to be on a podcast episode and I asked her who she would, and she said, um, Michelle Alexander would be an awesome person to be on the court. So That would yeah. be amazing. I'm letting myself fantasize a little bit when I can about, about what a packed court could look like. Sasha, right. Malia. Sasha, get Malia, Michelle, there. all the Michelles. <laughs> get them. Get them. <laughs> I don't know if they want to, but... You actually, fun fact, you don't need any qualifications to be on the Supreme There's Court. There's no rule. No yeah. rule. Anyone yeah, can do it. Like- and there have been non-judges uh, and non-law professors even. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best, uh, Oliver uh, Wendell Holmes, I believe, was yeah. not a law, had no law degree. So, And John Quincy Adams was on the court after being president. Just right? saying. Just saying. Precedented. Precedented. Asked. Also. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, so at this point, it would just be rude if Obama wasn't put on the court. <laughs> I think this is the answer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, all right, guys. Until the return of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. 
The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.